still learning that song. I really like it. I really do. That's a, that's a you know, great piece. And uh, so tonight's scripture passage, well, tonight's sermon is Easy Street. And we all like Easy Street, right? I mean, I, um, I thought of uh, the song in Annie, you know, Easy Street, how they were going to make their money by finding Mr. Warbucks and getting all the money from Daddy Warbucks and and. And we all like to think about, ah, easy street, that'll be the way. Well, our passage of scripture is in um, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 19. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 19. Uh, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, so it's, uh, I really enjoy a lot of this. This is Jesus speaking. So if you'd like, those who are able to stand as we read his word. Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, not, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. A while back, St. Petersburg, uh, Florida Times, the St. Petersburg, Florida Times, the newspaper there, was decided to put a treasure hunt, and they buried $200 somewhere in the St. Petersburg area, and they gave clues in the paper. About 2,000 people showed up at the Times for the final clue to see where it was. And during that next 30 minutes, a half a dozen people were injured in accidents. A number of women passed out while gathered. Four people had to be rescued from waist-deep mud. And stakes from a building that was set up were turned up and torn down. Subscriptions were up 5%, but wreaked havoc all around. Now, I, I think about that, I go, well, number one, it's $200, which I don't know when this was done. It was probably at a time when the papers were bigger and and $200 was a lot of money. It still is a lot of money, but it's, you know, I'm not sure if I'm wading waist deep in mud and trying to find all that kind of stuff. But, but you know, treasure hunters, are the, 
the lure of gold or the lure of treasure kind of grabs us. You've got how many people have lost their lives out treasure hunting for, for ships that are sunk or people that have gone trying to find places and things. Not to mention lot, the lottery. <laughs> Let's face it, you know, we all kind of dream, wow, what would happen if we won the lottery, you know? Of course, you have to buy that ticket in order to win it. But, you know, it's, the people are just attracted to that. I love the commercial. I don't know if you, you've noticed the commercial about the lottery where he comes in, he goes, we only won $4 million. What are you thinking trying for that one? This was a little, we should have only do, we only try to win the, you know, like, like only $4 million. What a sad thing, you know. But it, it's trying to lure you to do the big ones. And I've got several friends that the only time they buy tickets is when it's over $100 million. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> What do you do with all that? Um, there was a church in Georgia that was given a huge amount of money from a lottery win. I, I don't want to say the church, I'm not because I would probably say the wrong church and then get in trouble. But it, they had they had gotten a huge windfall from it, and it turned out to be a bigger burden than it was a help. You would like to think because it, and you've all heard the stories about lottery winners that end up bankrupt and. And it's, it becomes a burden, but let's face it, it sounds good, and you know, and all of us will go, well, Lord, just smite me with, you know, millions of dollars, you know, I'll go ahead, that's fine, I'll try, I'll take my chances, but it seems like those that really get smitten by it end up getting smitten by it, and, and I mean, uh, there was one in... Um, Millen, Georgia. Matter of fact, there was a lottery winner in Millen, Georgia. A big lottery winner. I mean, like as in over a hundred million or one of those big ones. And he bought this huge compound <laughs> down there. There's this, and it's for sale right now. If y'all want to buy it for half what he paid for it, probably. But he ended up getting a divorce and ended up this happened and then this happened and then all those things that they say these things happen. We need to make wise investments. Our money, our people, relationships. <laughs> in Jesus' day, rugs and tapestry and those kind of things were very big. Collectors' things, that was the way people gathered for their money and clothes were. And they, they used them and hoarded them for financial security. But yet we know that in those days, moths could easily destroy those, which is where this passage gets that. Moths become the things that destroy tapestry and clothing and all those and that's what was valuable in those days that was those were things that they people really held certain colors of garments were much more valuable than the regular drab off-white whatever they were wearing but jesus said we have to be careful what we're putting our investments in now money is not a, pr a problem it's that when it becomes your god is when it's the problem and, and it's easy to say well I would never do that but we don't know we don't know how it's going to happen our treasure should be where in heaven wise investments in forgiveness in love in understanding those are what we should be investing in right those are the kinds of things that we should really try to make sure we're investing in our relationships with other people the, the relationships we have with one another you know, we that's one of the things that COVID, I think, has hurt us so much is because it separated us. 
I can't tell you the nurses that have come to me in tears as they've had to hold an iPad for someone to say goodbye to a loved one on an iPad. My wife would say, they're going to have to arrest me or whatever. If you're in the hospital and about to go, I'm going to go say goodbye. I'm going to be there. I'm going to try, you know, and, and that's been those things. We couldn't have funerals. I've, I had several that we, we had a couple little very private gravesides, had very few. I, I had people that, that died during the COVID time that close to me that we weren't even able to have a real funeral for them. Or, and, I'm, and I'm talking about what I would call big members of the church, as it were, people that were involved in the church. You would know they wanted a, a, a funeral at the church, and we couldn't do that. And I look at that, and I think the separation of people is what's really been the harmful thing. And I sometimes wonder what's better. <laughs> you know, I, I understand safety, and trust me, I'm with y'all. I, I don't want to, I, I try to do my little, I'll talk to you if you'll notice, I'll try to talk to you from a little bit of a, di- I just do that just because I know that respects it. I've also tried to live my life not afraid and not separate myself totally from people. I, if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm a people person. I, I really am. I, I, I like to be around folks. I, I can sit in the dark and, and at home for a little while by myself, but it can't be long. I mean, I, it isn't long. Uh, you know, I get stir crazy, and that's the way it works. But we're, our treasure, we're, and verse 21 tells us, where your treasure is, there's your heart. If money and fame are your treasure, that's where you'll go for. Those are the th- kinds of things. Life skills of looking after one another is where our heart should be. See, we should be building up life skills that look out for others. The forgiveness, the love, the grace that I was talking about. Those are the kinds of things that are so important to see life keep moving. In verse 24, it talks about loyalty. Loyalty is basically looking at our priorities. (laughs) Are our priorities in order? What are we putting first? You know, we all know God... Family, church, you know, everybody will tell you, those are my priorities. God, family, church, are they really? Most people, it's family, church, God, or, you know, it kind of goes that way. Uh, it just really gets flip-flopped. And we, we know we should put God first, but any little thing gets in the way because we're easily distracted. I know I am. I, I've told y'all. You're, in, you're just involved in West preaching to himself, okay? And I get easily distracted about all, all kinds of things. I can be in the middle of a sermon. I mean, I'm not kidding. Mid-sentence, writing something down, and I'll think of something and go walk over and go do it. it I mean, it, it is crazy. Um, we, we got to go here Thursday night. Uh, Jeff Allen, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a com- Christian comedian. Um, he's... He's a comedian that happens to be a Christian. He's not, he doesn't do just Christian stuff. But th- he was diagnosed with adult ADHD, you know, hyperactive, dis- you know, attention deficit hyperactive, hyperactive disorder. I, I have at least ADD. I, may, I used to have that hyperactive part, but I'm not, I move a lot slower these days. And so <laughs> quite as hyper as I used to be. But I still get accused of it at times because I can kind of get out there. But I understand what he was saying is all of a sudden he's told to, to, he's supposed to concentrate on something 
and as a comedian, you know, he's got a set list of things, but it's hard for him to keep on track and wander, and that's exactly me. I do that even in sermons. I'll have it down here. If you actually saw what I wrote here, you'd go, that's not what you preached. You know, but that's, we, we get there. It's easy to get distracted by things and to go after the wrong things. And I find myself going after a snack rather than going after the Word of God. Or I'll find myself looking out the window. My, my house where I am now is, my office is, is well, I'm in a fishbowl. We, we put new windows in and the, they didn't have the right kind of windows for us. So they put this big old picture window right there in the front of the house. And it's right where my desk sits, looks straight out that. Well, for the guy that closes the blinds in his office at work, because he doesn't want to look out the window, this is very distracting, because there are no blinds on this window. There's some, my wife has little curtains, things that come down, you know, and, and they're not, and they're see-through, and they're just, don't even cover half the window. They're just kind of there, and she thought that would help, but no. But I'm just, a little truck will go by, or the dog will run by, or this, you know, whatever. It's just easily distracted. I don't put the things. And we are easily distracted by all kinds of things. We'll start off with the right thing, like I'm working on a sermon, or, or you're working on a Sunday school lesson, or you're working on whatever, and all of a sudden somebody wants and needs some help from you. Oh, I'm too busy. I've got to do this. We call it more heavenly minded than earthly good. They're, they're, all, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. You ever heard of that? Have you ever heard that statement? They're, they're so busy trying to be follow Jesus that they're missing the boat on following Jesus. You know, there's people, I've, and I've met them, I've, I'm, and I've been that person, I, where I'm so intense on what I'm doing that I forget. Um, maybe you're, um, you know, the, we're li- doing a lesson on the homeless. I know John works with the homeless and, and cares about them. And then, uh, and while we're working on our lesson on the homeless, a homeless person will show up and will say, well, we don't have time to talk to you right now. And we laugh, but we do that. We, we really, do. I, John would never, do. some of us would do that. You know, we, we are so, so much, you know, we're, we're on our way to church and the guy wants some money, needs some, some lunch or does that. And we're going, oh, I'm sorry, I got to go. I'm on my way somewhere, yeah, you know, to church. Um, and this passage appears to tell, act like it's negative to wealth, but it's not really that way. It's really about the conflict of putting the wrong things first and foremost in our lives and majoring on the minors. I can, I can major on some minor stuff. I really can. I can nitpick the little things. Um, we're, we're so busy working with the details of an activity that we've got planned that when the early arrivers come, we can't, don't have time to talk to them. You know, we're setting up for a big outdoor event or a big event and people come early and we're too busy doing the details to welcome them and bring them in. It's kind of like you decided to have a yard sale and I don't know if you've ever had a yard sale or not, but there's always those guys that come early, right? I mean, they come like a half hour, an hour early. You know, you're going to start the yard sale at 8, they're there at 7. Now, do you not sell them stuff you're trying to sell? Or do you let them go ahead and buy stuff? But they didn't follow the rules. The rules were it started at 8. We're good at rules. 
The Pharisees were good at rules, weren't they? They could, they could take a rule and really work it. We could do that too. But we're in the ministry business. And people that don't follow the rules are kind of our target. Think about that for a minute. People that don't follow the rules are who we're trying to win. Because they don't know Christ. They don't know the rules. They don't know the book. They don't know. And yet we're trying to te- reach them and trying to re- reach the lost. But what are we doing? There's a story of a man who came to visit church and was sitting back there and his cell phone went off in the middle of church. And of course, you know what happened. Everybody gave him the look, right? Cell phone went off. I don't, <laughs> side story, I had a lady in choir that her cell phone went off in the middle of choir, in the middle of church. And the first time it went off was fine. The third time it went off, we were starting to get a little aggravated, you know. But anyway, the, so anyway, the story about the guy, his, his cell phone went off at church. He got all the looks. And so he left, and he was at a bar a little later, and his cell phone went off, and the bartender helped him answer it. Now, that's how it works, folks. The places he really is not going to get Jesus is more helpful than the places where he could get Jesus. He looked at the church folks as judgmental, looking down their noses. What's he doing with a cell phone at the church? You know, we also used to look down on people with their cell phones and reading their Bibles on the cell phones until we realized that they really were reading their Bibles on the cell phones because that's where we've gone. I mean, let's face it. You've got this little cell phone and you've got the entire Bible and any version you want on there. And, and when, when I tell you this and don't give you the time to really look it up, on the cell phone you can look it up twice as fast, right? That's the way it is. And we tended to look down on those people, but now, guess what? We've had to, what, embrace it. <laughs> and now we're having to embrace putting things on a video and sending it to their homes on Facebook or something like that. The world treats others better than the church does. So how do our priorities straighten out? Philippians 3.13 says this. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward toward Jesus Christ. Forgetting what is behind and pressing on to what's ahead. Our past is the past. We so many times hold on to the past, good and bad. We decide that we want to do things the way we used to do them. Or there's something that I got caught up in in my past that, well, I'm not able to serve God anymore. That's not what Paul's saying. He's saying what? Forget what's in the past. Keep moving. We all have stuff in our past 
that we're not exactly excited to tell others about. There's stuff in my past I'm not going to tell y'all about. Just not going to do it. My guess is everybody in this room will say the exact same thing. There's stuff in your past. You're just not going to go and put it on the billboards and announce it to everybody. Because what? We're forgiven. We've taken that to the Lord. We've asked forgiveness. And we're moved on, hopefully. But so many people have decided, no, I can't keep going on. I've got to quit. I, my past mistakes they don't work. And then the other side is our past successes. Well, it worked back then. Why doesn't it work now? Well, <laughs> not everything works like it used to, does it? It, it, it just doesn't. I mean, otherwise, we'd have a room full of a youth choir up here right now singing um, for special music, right? Because that's how it used to be. Everybody come on Sunday nights, and the youth choir led the music on Sunday nights. At least that's how it was when I was growing up. That was a thing. Well, I couldn't wait, man. The, the youth choir was we were singing on Sunday nights. You, you could just count on it. We even got to sing some Sunday mornings. But mostly every Sunday night, we were there. That was how it worked. Well, guess what? That doesn't work that way. Where are the young people? That's where we hung out. We, all of my friends were at church. Matter of fact, we, we went to church. Now, we didn't always have the highest motives. There was, we knew that after church, we were all going to pile in cars and go out somewhere to eat and, and, and enjoy our fellowship time together. But we surely enough went to church to get that and then go on. We can't dwell in that. We have to move on. We have to press on towards the future that God has for us. And we get ourselves caught. Remember Lot's wife? What do we remember about Lot's wife? What we basically remember about Lot's wife is they're running from Sodom. They were told, don't you dare look back. And she looked back. Why did she look back? Well, Sodom had all those glorious things that she liked. She liked her lifestyle in Sodom. She thought it was a good thing. World that was there, worldly stuff that was enticing. And so she wanted to get one last look. And it was the last look, wasn't it? Turned into a pillar of salt. Her divided loyalty was her demise. She had one foot in the world and one foot without. She knew Christ. She knew God. She loved God. But she also loved the world. And she loved Sodom. And she loved that. We have to decide who our real master is. It's hard. Because we like a lot of things. We can't just put one foot in the world and one foot out of the world and one foot with Jesus and one foot with, with all this other stuff that's going on. That's hard. It really is. And it, our divided loyalty could lead to our demise. Then he talks about simple trust. <laughs> Look at the birds and the flowers, the lilies, how they don't do anything, but yet God clothes them and takes care of them and watches out for them. We have to trust God to take care of us. I look at my life, and I've been blessed beyond measure. I can't even fathom how well I've been blessed. I, I mean, I look back and go, how did, is this possible? God has taken such good care of me over the years. I, 
I still, though, will fret and worry about stuff I have little or no control over. You know, I catch myself watching that stock report. I don't know, it's gone down all week. It really has gone down all week. Trust me, I've watched. Does that mean I'm going to starve? No. Does that mean I'm... No. Do I have any control over if that stock market's going up or down? No. Why would I worry about it? God's taking care of me. And he has. I have no control over it, but yet I still try. God knows our needs better than we do. <laughs> do I need to repeat that? God knows our needs better than we do. You know, we think we know. I can't tell you the times I've decided this church has got to be the one. You know, <laughs> I need to go to this church because then I can really be something. And God will even open doors for me and, and give me the, that opportunity. <laughs> and, and then I go, wow. Or I thought I was going to go to that church. I just knew that was going to happen. And then it fell through. And I'm going, what's wrong? What's going on? Well, because God had something better in store. I should have been at another church instead of here. I thought it was a done deal. God said, no, I need you later here. So, blame him, not me, okay? <laughs> I ended up with a better situation, better opportunity than I ever dreamed of on many occasions, time after time after time. Don't worry about tomorrow. It has its own set of worries. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Today's got bad enough worries, guess what? Tomorrow's probably going to be worse. You know, we don't know. Why, we can't do anything about it. Tomorrow's coming. Ready or not, here it comes. And it'll have its own set. Why do we sit and fret and worry about other things? We should not live our lives <laughs> with our head in the sand. But on the other hand, we shouldn't paralyze ourselves by worrying about things that don't, we don't have control over or we can't do anything about. Whether it's the stock market, whether it's disease, whether it's work-related stuff, whether it's home, there's stuff, there's some stuff we have no control over. Most things are not permanent. Trust God to take care of those things <laughs> that we sweat too much. <laughs> we sweat so many things, and we think it's going to be that way forever. No. There's a season for everything. Ecclesiastes tells us that. There's a season for all kinds of things. When we relax, things turn out so much, so different. I am, um, as many of you know, I was a youth pastor at First Baptist Conyers for five years. I was moving there from Williston, Florida. Now, most of you all know where Williston, Florida, not many, it's right out of Gainesville, Florida. That was our basic, most of our folks worked in Gainesville, you know, the university, some little university of Florida or something's there. Anyway, I lived in Williston, Florida, little cow town. Some of my folks did water, you know, they, they made sure school was out before the, they, in May so that they, those kids could help harvest watermelons. I mean, it was that kind of town, all right? So I, there I was. Well, I got the, the call to come up for an interview at First Baptist Church, Conyers, Georgia. My wife and I drive up there. We've gotten babysitters for the kids. And, 
we drove all the way up from Williston, Florida to Conyers. It was about a five-hour drive. And we got up there, and we pulled up towards the church, and there's this big old church. with the, It was the old church in downtown Conyers. It was before they moved. This big old stately church with a steeple that went to the sky. And, and I'm going, whoa, we're not in Kansas anymore, are we? You know, we're not in Williston anymore. My, my wife turns to me and says, don't mess this one up. <laughs> it had even snowed that particular weekend, or it was one of the weekday, Thursday or Friday. And so we, were, we battled the snow to get up there, and they put us up in a hotel. I went to go into the interview, and now this was back in the 80s when usually they only interviewed one person at a time. And I had to wait for the other person they were interviewing to get done. And I'm going, I was mad. I'll be honest, I was mad. I said, I drove all this way from Williston, Florida to come up here and have an interview and you can't even give me the courtesy of having just me the interview. You got me. And I found out later they had one after me too. I was in the middle. So I was mad right off the bat and I said, that's it, I don't care. So I went in there with this lapsadaisical attitude and just blew off questions and just did this and just, I don't even know what all I said. I do know one thing they mentioned about disciplining children, youth or something. I said, I think whips and chains work best. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, was, I did that kind of stuff. I mean, I was just that flippant about stuff. Now, obviously, I've corrected that that's not really what I did, but I, I just was being funny. And I, but I was definitely just goofing off. I, I was just saying, I'm not, this, I'm not getting this job. I know it now. This is not, you know, I just blew it off. And they called me. <laughs> and I'm going, how did they call me? I, I mean, I just blew that interview off. I, I mean, in most interviews, I want to tell them exactly what they want to hear. Remember that, Pastor Search Committee. If they're going to tell you what you want to hear, probably are going to try and and so but that's what I, I that's what I did I got the job why because I had just let go and let God take care of things and let it happen if it was God's will it's gonna happen if it wasn't it wouldn't and I'd gotten to that point pretty quickly when I found out that they were interviewing somebody else still ministry is amazing I had an amazing ministry there Five years, I, had, I, I mentioned the story about the, the boys in the, the room that were all, you know, God, the Holy Spirit was so thick he could feel it. That was Conyers. That was that youth group. That was what God led me to. I had a lot of trials there. One day you'll hear some of those stories. But God took care of all those worries and all that junk. And I didn't have to worry about it. And I found that if I just let him do it, life is good. When I start getting myself in the way, it doesn't always go so smooth. So Jesus is telling us, take the pressure off. God loves you. Loves you more than the flowers, more than the birds. He loves you more than any of these things. Let him take care of it. Take the pressure off. Wouldn't it be nice to just take the pressure off and not worry about so much? 
Because let's face it, we all worry about a bunch of junk. <laughs> There's stuff every day. Some of you have got doctor's appointments coming up you're worried about. Some of you all have interviews you've got coming up worried about. Some of you have got deadlines due that you're worried about. Whatever it may be, we've all got stuff we're worried about. Let him take it. Turn it over to him. Breathe. It's easy street when you let God take care of it. It's not so easy when you don't. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word and your lessons and your teachings. Open our hearts and minds to you. Show us the way. Help us trust you. Help us put it in your hands. Because you are God and you will take care of it. And we thank you for that promise you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a time of invitation. If you have any decisions you need to make, we invite you to come as we sing.